Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And you know I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. We sure do. So you know that old saying, when you hit rock bottom, the only place to go is up? Well, what if you don't know how to get up? Or who can help you get there? When it comes to pleasure, especially sexual pleasure, there is so much shame, embarrassment, and guilt in the healing process. On today's show, we're going to share our guest's transformational journey that led her to a fulfilled life dedicated to helping others rediscover their sexual pleasure and the effects it has on their lives. Yes, I can't wait to talk to Tara. She'll be on in a second. But first, let's take a moment to talk about our top waterproof blanket because everyone should continue to have great sex now more than ever. But if you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets from messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new and you don't even have to leave your house to get one simply and safely go to amazon and order yours today search top waterproof blanket that's t-o-p waterproof blanket great sex starts now it sure does and so does today's show you know we're carol and david and this is the sexy lifestyle and we're so excited to welcome today's special guest tara galliano is an award-winning speaker teacher marriage counselor and sex therapist and she's currently focused on helping women rediscover their sexual pleasure i'm looking forward to it honey you're going to help me rediscover my sexual it's pleasure about tonight women today honey okay i will work on your sexual pleasure Thank okay enough about much. us we'll talk about that later tara thanks so much for taking time out of your day and welcome to the sexy lifestyle Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with both of you. That's great. Tara, you know, we all have a collection of stories that mold us into who we are this very minute. And, you know, we're going to get into your personal relationship stories later in the segment called Great Sex Matters. But for now, could you tell us how you got to this point in your career? Yes. Well, I've been very blessed that people initially, when I started my clinical career, started speaking with me about sex right off the bat. And... I had no knowledge, professional knowledge, of sex and sexuality because we didn't even have a class on human sexuality in my graduate studies program. So it's kind of fascinating that that would be the case at that time. But it was true. And um, people were speaking to me about sex and sexuality, relationships, sexual preferences, a lot of questions. And so I needed a lot of answers. So I studied and became a sexologist and then studied further and became certified as a sex therapist. And then I started specifically working with cancer patients or women that had cancer to help them improve their body image, um, reconnect with themselves sexually after chemo and radiation, and really looking at how pleasure can live in their bodies after so much pain and trauma of having a life-threatening disease. Now, Tara, as you grew up and grew into this world of sexuality, did you as a person, were you very sexual? Did you, were you a bit of a deviant? Did you, were you the bad girl or were you the Miss Goody Goody Two Shoes? <laughs> I think that's always the question in the back of everybody's mind, whether they're asking that or not. <laughs> and, and it's interesting to, you know, hear those stories, especially from my colleagues. And I would say that I was raised as a good, Catholic girl and so had that Catholic girl dilemma of what to do with my desire and what to do with any sexuality or sexual impulses at all. Um, and fortunately, I was able to find at a young age some good sex partners to explore those feelings with. And so I had some really great sex at a young age, but 
not a lot of information. And even more than lack of information was misinformation and myths that persisted, especially around, um, you know, religion and how that influenced development. So yeah, not quite a sexual deviant. <laughs> now when you started lear- when you started learning and getting your certificates to be a sexologist, um, were you totally intrigued about it? Because people were asking you, so that's why you did it. But was it something that's really interested you? Well, you know, it's a fascinating thing because I wasn't quite sure to be uh, honest with you. I mean, I thought, well, you know, how do I really feel about this? Is this, is this morally <laughs> what I want to be doing? to be talking about sex. And, and when I kept on coming back to it, I thought, absolutely. I thought, goodness, I, but I did need to ask that question, whether this is something that I wanted to dive deeper into. But I was very happy because I feel like it's one of those subjects that people don't want to talk about and they don't really have much fluency and they don't have a great vocabulary to speak about sex. And people are talking about things like down there and, and really trying to grapple with how to express themselves around sex and sexuality. So I thought as long as they're coming to me and feel open in this vulnerable place, um, then I'm going to meet them there. And I, and again, I felt very honored that they would have these conversations with me. And then, you know, I, I like to talk about money too. Nobody really likes to talk about money. So it's like sex and money. Like, <laughs> those are really juicy those, topics. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, so, ta- so Tara, over, over the years, is there one or two people that really stand out with, you know, situations or, or circumstances that they brought up to you that you went, wow, I never, never dawned on me that something like that could be out there? Well, I, I would say that the most impactful work that I've done in the recent years has been with women who have had cancer. So I was asked to speak at a breast cancer support group for a number of years and what we decided, the nurse navigator and myself, was that there needs to be a class. Um, that the, There's no caregiver out there that's talking about sex, either because they don't have the information or they don't have the time. And so when women were being um, massaged or they were receiving uh, physical therapy, they felt an intimacy with the caregiver or the provider because there was this physical contact that they would start opening up and they would start talking about sex and sexuality. And so... For me, hearing those stories that there's no one that was speaking to them about, you know, sex after cancer, that really touched my heart deeply because I think pleasure is so powerful. It I is. mean, it helps increase immunity. It has so many health benefits and that we really need to be having more sex and that we need to be enjoying the sex that we're having. Regardless, so for of, cancer, regardless of if you have oh, cancer oh, or not. Exactly, regardless of whether you have cancer or not. So in developing that class, Rediscovering My Body, I felt like that was driven by the the stories I'd heard by numerous women about their experience after cancer. But one woman in particular, she took the class and she, you know, it was so hard for many of the women to put themselves first and to show up and come to the class because they felt like they'd taken so much time out of their families time um, and money and resources for cancer and cancer treatment that to do something pleasurable for themselves or educational or informative was just too much. But yet they, you know, they needed to show up for class. So they needed to put themselves first, which was such a brave step. And this one woman was very resistant to doing that. So she came late pretty consistently until, uh, you know, the very end where we started talking about specifically sex in couples and what I would recommend that couples do around that. And then she showed up on time because she really wanted to know. Mm. And she set a, an intention to go away with her husband. And she had colorectal cancer. And they had not had what she would say as a successful intercourse in, in a couple of years. You know, I mean, they had tried uh, probably 18 months after her initial surgery. And she said that they failed miserably and that it really scarred both of them because they felt so ashamed and so, um, I guess, devoid of information. Like, you know, Googling sex after colorectal cancer wasn't really helpful for them. And they didn't know how to proceed, like physically. They didn't know how to proceed. They didn't know how to create the intimacy that they once had because there's a lot of fear and a lot of shame about what things would look like and how things would work. But her goal was to go away with her husband and have a kinky, wild weekend. And so after that class, 
she set it up, but they went away to Estes Park in Colorado and they went away for the weekend. And she, you know, at the end of the class, she emailed and she said that it was the wildest, kinkiest sex that they'd ever had. And they'd been married for 25 years and that she was so thankful for that opportunity because what happened for them was that it went beyond the mechanics of what was happening for them for her specifically physically in her body but it went to this level of you know how can they connect in an imaginative way and really sparking creativity and play and playfulness again wow. where they can just laugh and be together i mean and i think that's what so many of us desire in a relationship where we're just being intimate with somebody and really being seen and and sparking that imagination where they can try different things and, and feel okay about it absolutely now, we're going to move on from all the great work you've done in cancer and helping people refine their sexual intimacy and passion. And now you've been, over the past couple of years, going to retreats, retraining yourself in a whole bunch of different aspects of sexuality. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So one of the things that kept on coming up for me as a clinician, as I was teaching these classes, Rediscovering My Body, was that, um, well, there's a couple of things. I was married, <laughs> I was married myself, and so I'm just getting a little bit personal here. And one of the things that my husband really was controlling about was how I presented myself professionally when we went out into, you know, the business world together, leads groups or whatever we were doing, because we owned a couple of businesses together. And the talk was, say you're a clinician, but don't say you're a sex therapist. Oh. Or if that comes out by mistake, I mean, ouch, right? Or if that comes out by mistake, then tell them that you work with women that have cancer because that's morally, you know, redeemable or whatever it was in his judgmental eyes. And so there was that ouch, like, ouch. We would have never, so, we would have never gotten along with him because when we go out, we tell people we're swingers and we love <laughs> foursomes and morsoms and orgies. So. <laughs> the other and side of the spectrum. Yeah. Exactly. You could join our friends, our group of friends. I love it. So yes, the things have opened up for me by far now, and I reclaimed in my own life what it is that I do and how I tell people what it is that I do and really enjoying that that's what I do because so many of us want to experience sex and sexuality as the pleasure and life-affirming force that it is. And so with that experience personally... I, I started looking at my classes for rediscovering my body that was exclusively for women that had cancer. And again, and again, women were saying, I want to take this class, but the prerequisite is tough. And I'm like, yeah, so that's not going to work for you. And, and they wanted to join. And so just recently, I decided I'm just going to open up this work, rediscovering my body to all women and host it as a retreat, because I know that retreats are transformational and that once we get out of our regular environment, our regular relationships, that it gives us the opportunity to try on different things and, and template something within ourselves that we're not able to do within the, within our norms. I mean, that was certainly true for me in the norm of my relationship. And when you discovered that retreats are a great way to do it, is it because you were uh, attending retreats at that time? Correct. Uh-huh, yeah. And so I did a lot of different retreats. I studied with uh, Tammy Kent, who has a TEDx talk called The Vagina Whisperer, and she does uh, pelvic floor work for women. Very profound work um, that I, I was able to study with her in Portland, and I loved that. And then from there, I went on to study Tantra, at the, uh, the Source School of Tantra with Charles Muir and Leah Aiken-Piper, and uh, really had some good experiences there as well. So diving deeper into the aspects of sexuality that were important to me as an individual and also to me as a clinician, things that I can teach and that I have been teaching over the decades, but really giving me a firsthand experience of what it is that I, I want to learn and having the experience of embodying it for me was profound. So Tara, we're, we're going to get into your sex life and your relationship and your marriage that ended after 25 years and how you're getting on and learning to be a different person in our Great Sex Matters segment. But I'd like to know, as you went through these retreats as a woman and as, as an individual, did you learn more about yourself and how to have better sex and how to self-pleasure yourself more? Um, I, I know you're taking this information and you're, you're 
giving it back to other people out there, but how has it made you a better person? Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely, absolutely. So I went in with the idea that, yes, I am a clinician and I'm taking this on, but also this is personally a very healing process for me. Uh, Most of this work I focused in on as my divorce was being, um, I, I guess, coming coming to fruition like it it took a year for that to come to fruition and at the same time I was going to these retreats and that was really important within my own personal healing that I transform what I would say my erotic template and so one of the I mean so many profound learnings that I had but that the understanding of the erotic template for me or the erotic what some people might say blueprint was how that we learn that at such a young age from you know, our environment, from our caregivers, from the first touch that we receive within our bodies and how that sets the tone for the things that we find attractive or the things that turn us on. And then how do we proceed forward? And I saw (laughs) kind of the misalignments within my own path that didn't serve me any longer, that I no longer wanted to follow. But one, one really big one was that anger in men for me seemed really sexy. And that not true (laughs) for me any longer but I I was chasing that for a long time because I thought anger was power and power was sexy and very uh confused but I recognized again how that was a piece of my erotic template from the beginning of my of my life and I wanted I wanted to explore that more not only for myself but for the women that I work with and so that is a piece of the work that we do do um yeah, so I, you know, all, all of the above, the nitty-gritty of how to be a better lover through the Chantro experience and, you know, sound and breath and movement, and then also the more psychological pieces like erotic template, which I think are really profound pieces that we don't actually get to unpack in, in many places. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Tara, we're going to ask you to hang on for a second. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about your retreats, um, what women get from them. We're going to talk about, uh, I think your retreat's called Rediscover Pleasure. And then we're going to talk about uh, body image and all those other things that are out there trending in social media today. Oh, just want to remind you that we are Carol and David, and we are talking with sex therapist Tara Galliano all about rediscovering sexual pleasure. We're just going to talk about our favorite place in the world, which is Hedonism Resorts in Jamaica. We're going to be there in December 2020. Hopefully, all this coronavirus stuff will be a little bit less prominent then, and the travel industry will be up and running. Um, you know, Hedo is the most iconic adult playground in the world, and in December, they're going to be celebrating with all their loyal guests and amazing rates, fantastic food, and of course, their amazing, sexy entertainment and staff. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to really make you feel good to get back they call it welcome home so we're going to ask you to go check out our website thesexylifestyle.com for more information about this and anything else that's going to be coming up in the future all right that being said we're going to remind you we're going to tell you that we are carol and david this is the sexy lifestyle and we're going to get back to our program with tara galliano she's a sex educator and now we're going to talk a little bit more about her retreats and then get into Um, you know, body image and how we release trauma that we all have. So Tara, let's talk a little bit about your specific retreat that you give that you developed over the time and what it's called, who it's for, and what the intentions of your specific um, retreat that you give. Great, great. Yeah, so the retreat that I offer is called Rediscovering My Body. And again, it's based on the class that I developed for the local hospital and have been teaching for a number of years there. And so the retreat format is so, again, beautiful because it helps women have an experience of transformation because they're stepping out of their regular environment and their regular relationships to dive deeper and really give themselves permission to explore the things that they want to know about their own sense of, I would say, inhibition. Uh, I think a lot of women struggle with inhibitors in their sense of sexual pleasure. And one of the biggest ones is body image. A lot of women don't like the way they look. They don't think of themselves as sexy. They don't really know how to reclaim that sense of sexy and that it puts a damper on their sex lives because they don't feel pleasure within their own body and then they certainly don't want to share that with someone else because 
they're not feeling sexy. And Tara, why do you think women have that issue? I mean, we live in the world that's very sexy. In the swinging lifestyle world, uh, one of the things that it allows especially women to do, men as well, but women, is to go out and dress up. Uh, theme nights and, and, and parties are all part of the experience where you get to wear things that you can't normally wear at your, your Starbucks in the morning. And it, it, it gives women permission to be sexy and feel sexy. Why do you think women in general have this issue with body image? Well, I mean, it's fascinating because I think part of it is the bombardment of media images that are unrealistic and that don't portray women in their normal states. You know, they're photoshopped. And, and so then there's this sense of unattainable. And so sexy is out there and it's not in here, in, in their hearts, in their bodies. And so they're oftentimes chasing something that is not um, realistic. And I think that sexy begins within for everyone and especially for women. And so really getting to that juicy place within themselves that they find is absolutely delicious. That's the place where sexy begins. And that from that, then they can, you know, wear an outfit that makes them feel sexy or Mm -hmm. walk in a way that makes them feel sexy and confident. But that reclaiming of that piece is huge um, because so many women feel so shut down Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. sex and sexuality and how to even attain that. Like how do they get to that juicy, delicious spot um, when they're self, when they're not self referencing, but they're referencing an external image that's impossible. Mm -hmm. And what kind of, what kind of things do you actually do? Uh, what are the steps that you take in your retreat that help women find that juicy spot that they thought never existed? Oh, my goodness. So many. I feel like there's so many. And what I love about it is that, you know, I come in with the ideas that I want to work with and the program that I've set. And then I meet the group and and then kind of the magic um, coalesces there because then I'm able to meet them where they're at and see what's alive for them. Um, because sometimes it's different. Um, some of the basic things that I do, though, is I do teach a body map, which I find is phenomenally impactful for women, that they have another woman trace the outline of their body, which is in and of itself a very intimate experience. And right. they have somebody that they don't know very well touching them and tracing the outline of their body. So they get into all the nicks and crannies, and they have that experience of this marker out. Uh, you know, outlining themselves. And then they have this external image that they have to relate with that is of themselves. And then through that process, I, I'm not much of a visual artist, but I invite them to be as artistic as they like and meet that image with, you know, the green is for the places where they like to be touched. The red is the places that are off limits. And if they feel like they got some yellow, they can go with maybe. And that's fine. Wow. Um, some, that's very some cool. Of them, yeah. It's very cool. And then they date it. And then they need to talk about it. And then if they're feeling really brave, they need to share that with their partners if they have a partner. And and it's a whole process. And some of the women really take it to the next level because they are visual artists and they draw and they write um, poems or they create visual, um, you know, flowers and mountains or they create these decoupage masterpieces where they cut out pieces of uh, images from magazines. And so it's it's a whole process that I find each woman invests in in a different way and really makes her own and, and then gets a better understanding of, I had no idea. I didn't like to be touched there. And then when they do that with their partner, they had no idea that their partner didn't know that. And then they don't, they didn't know that their partner doesn't like to be touched in the same places or in different places. And that it's, it's like this news flash because especially in partnerships, there's this expectation that there's this telepathy that nobody learns, <laughs> but everybody's supposed to be using. Right. And to actually use the words and actually convey what it is that you mean through images is powerful. And that is the other pieces that it goes beyond the verbal. You know, as a clinician, I talk a lot and I have a lot of expectations that other people can do the same, but that's not true. You know, a lot of people, the images are so much more powerful because they don't have to use the words that are so hard, especially when it comes to speaking about sex and sexuality. 
Wow, I can really just imagine that workshop with your paint can or marker and the big pieces of paper and everybody just getting totally into it and sharing and feeling and realizing, you know, coming to to the realization that these are things that either bother me or that I love. That's so cool that you could do all of that in the same time and place. And Tara, doesn't it also help um, the other women who are in your retreats realizing that there are other women out there with similar issues and by them getting together and bonding, they're sort of like helping each other work through it together and realizing that they're probably the normal. And like what you said, seeing social media is the not normal. Yes, you're absolutely right, David. I find again and again that it is so normalizing for women to be in groups together. And so for me, the work is, you know, I come in as an expert and I'm just sharing and holding the space. But the way I really envision it is that it is a mandala and that in the center is radiating health and sexuality and pure pleasure and that we're all really receiving from that mandala and that we're all on the periphery and holding the space for it because so much wisdom comes up from each woman, woman who attends and speaks and just shows up and listens to her story and shares her story, but shares the space to hear other women's stories. I feel like it is a powerful process. And that, that is, again, normalizing and profoundly healing for so many women to realize that they're not alone. Absolutely. And just recently I read an article, and I can't really recall where it is, so I'm not going to quote it, but the gist of it was basically that for people, especially women, who don't love their body, and, you know, we can go and say you must love your body and love yourself before you love others, but for them it's a huge, huge step to love their body, and they should just take the baby step of just trying to like something about their body, and then maybe they can like something else, and then like something else, and then, then you know, learn to like your body and appreciate what it can do. The fact that I must love my body sometimes is inattainable for a lot of women. Oh, that's so beautiful, Carol. I absolutely agree, and again and again, I see that. It's just, it's a baby step, mm-hmm. and something that we can do today is always, you know, a baby step and that we can see the vision of where we want to go. I want to love my body completely all the time, always. And to get there is a long path if we can even get there. Mm -hmm. But taking the one baby step of, yes, I love my eyes and I have beautiful eyes. Mm -hmm. That's such a win for so many women. So, yes, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like those the idea of putting red where I don't want to be touched. And that might change in time. It'll be fun to take that same group in a couple of years from now and let them do the same exercise and see if those body parts have changed. I have no red on my body. <laughs> David. <laughs> Touch me everywhere. Jeez. A lot. <laughs> but I'm a guy. He's such a guy. I'm a guy. <laughs> yeah, such a guy. Yes. But that's absolutely true. And I tell the women to date it and come back in six months because it's so true. You know, we, we live these lives that, you know, are, are um, goodness, changed by our bodies or changed by hormones. And some of us have babies and we get pregnant. Some of us have experiences like cancer. Some of us have hysterectomies and we, and we go through menopause. I mean, there's so many variables within a human life or a female body that can impact us. And so I think it's so important to come back and visit again and again What's changed? Because we're not static beings. We're so dynamic. And I think that also comes into the conversation of neuroplasticity. Because what I also know, working with women who've had cancer, is that one erogenous zone may not always be the Mm -hmm. the erogenous Mm -hmm. zone and that we can create more erogenous Mm -hmm. zones with our ability to focus on those things. So something that may not feel pleasurable today could totally feel pleasurable when we focus on it and give it the right type of positive attention. Right, right, right. And I also know from other readings and other discussions I've had that for many women, uh, the number one reason why they're not experiencing great sex is because of their negative body image. And it really does interfere with, with sexual pleasure. Yes, absolutely. That is probably the number one factor that I've seen and also that I've read that women who don't have a positive body image are not able to join a sex as much. And, and that comes, goodness, it, not only sex with other people, but sex with themselves. Mm-hmm. So women who are not 
loving their bodies are really not self-pleasuring either. Right. And so then if they're not experiencing that self-pleasure, then how are they able to relate to other lovers? How are they able to articulate and share what it is that's pleasurable for them? It's a really limited experience. So to begin, you know, that baby step then is, is what is pleasurable. And so I often have women keep a journal about their experiences of pleasure and really looking at the five senses, that it's not always, again, focused on the erogenous zones and genitals and sex, but really about things that give us pleasure in our bodies, like mm-hmm. being in the sun mm-hmm. or eating chocolate mm-hmm. or being with friends and laughing, that experience of laughter escaping from our lips, that those are such sensual experiences that we can have on a regular basis in our mundane lives that we can really savor and enjoy and that that helps us cultivate a sense of pleasure that can endorse a better body image of like I I like the way my wrinkles look when I laugh Mm -hmm. I love you know the sparkle in my eyes when I'm able to you know really release that experience. So, you know, it begins with the baby steps. And it's just so important that we're so gentle with ourselves and allow ourselves those experiences. Yeah, Dave and I were just talking about this summer is going to be a very different summer, especially if we're still mostly in self-isolation or in quarantine, where we're going to be spending a lot of time in our backyard and not necessarily with neighbors and friends and family as we would normally be in our backyard. And I said to David, this might be the year that we spend our whole summer naked. Wouldn't that be fun? So maybe we put a challenge out there for all these ladies who are having difficulty loving their body to take a baby step and get outside. And they don't have to be naked. Maybe they're going to put on that bikini that they wouldn't normally put on in their backyard if they know their neighbors are going to see them. And, And just enjoy. Just put on that bikini. Know that who cares? You know, we're we're self-isolating and we're in quarantine, but I still want to love myself and take care of myself and just take that little baby step further than they normally would this summer. I love that. The sunbathing challenge. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Sign mm-hmm. me up. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be good. Well, I told David my goal is after the end of the summer, I don't want to have any tan lines. So that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be ha- we're gonna be hanging out in the backyard, but I hate tan lines, you know. <laughs> and you know, when when you and when you apply sunscreen, enjoy it. Put it on, touch your body, yeah, massage sure, yourself. That's a great idea. You know, it's 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 a it's so beautiful. It's a different part of self pleasuring, and it's about enjoying your body and touching and if taking care. Yeah, of your and body. It's, you don't always need another partner. Yeah. We're gonna talk about self pleasuring and masturbation a little bit later on in the show, but it's so important, like you said, Tara to take make that mindful decision to be happy and to love yourself yes uh-huh yes and it's you know and, and it's a challenge and i find that in a group situation that when there's a sense of accountability there can also be this greater sense of celebration mm-hmm. and you know i i like i like accountability as for myself but I also see that the positive side of it is, is really the celebration and that so many of the women are so eager to celebrate other women's success, even as, you know, microscopic as it may seem. But, you know, just pleasuring themselves by putting on suntan lotion and enjoying that experience mm-hmm. is that the, the women in the circle are always so positive about it. And when that's reflected back to them, I think they're able to take it in a little bit more because they have the sense that when they share in the group, that they will get that positive feedback as well. So it helps them internalize it. And it's an affirmation for them. You're absolutely right. Now, what was- affirmation, yeah. yeah. While we're still on this topic of about bodies and enjoying the bodies, I know it's a little bit different. We're going to diverge into how trauma manifests itself in our body and, and what can we do to release trauma so that we can enjoy our bodies even more. Ah, yes, yes. Well, for me, I use the broad definition of trauma as anything that overwhelms the nervous system. And I find that again and again, that there's original trauma that we may have experienced. And then there's accumulation of the microaggressions that we experience in uh, regular life. And so with all of that, there's oftentimes an overwhelm to our nervous system uh, of threats that are, you know, real or perceived. And we take those on Um, and they begin at an early age. And I, I'm a really big proponent for 
um, people learning things that they can use themselves. Because even as a clinician, I don't want people to, you know, spend their kids' college saving on saving bunch of therapy. I want them to be able to use tools that work for them that they can use within the privacy of their own home. So I like to teach people Dr. David Berselli's trauma-releasing exercises. Uh, and he has got an app called Stressless TRE, which I think is great because it teaches you all of the exercises that lead to the shaking that releases and restores the nervous system. And it is a shaking experience that is different than muscular shaking, which you may have experienced uh, if you've run a marathon or you've done a bar class, but it is similar in experience. It's somewhat familiar for a lot of people. And what I've heard again and again was that after the experience of shaking, people feel like they've been reset or they feel more relaxed um, and that they feel like there's been some benefit from that. And so what I've done is I've, I've trained in Dr. Berselli's uh, trauma-releasing exercises and been teaching them now for, goodness, close to a decade. And I find that they really do release um, and reset the nervous system. And what I love about them is that <clears throat> it gives people also, because I'm a sex therapist, a lot of people don't make the connection between trauma and sex, especially if they're coming in and say, I don't have any particular trauma. Um, but what I find is that it gives people also a, a greater awareness of what is happening in their somatic experience or what's happening in their organism. So, for women in particular who don't have a sense of their pelvic floor, they have, when they're doing the shaking exercises, they have an experience of shaking that gives them, um, I would say, an alignment in their pelvic floor where they have a better understanding of the felt sense of where that is in their body and how it, and how it lives there. Is it contracted? Is it tonified? What, what is the felt sense of it? Which is huge because if they're having... Um, intercourse and there's penetration, they're going to have some felt sense of their pelvic floor, whether they're aware, it, aware of it or not. But to bring some awareness to it is huge. So there's so many benefits of the trauma-releasing exercises. And I just, again and again, I see men with um, erectile control issues where they're not able to have um, erections for a sustained amount of time, have better control with the experience of enlivening their pelvic floor, having a, a felt sense of their pelvic floor, and then being able, through the release of the trauma in their pelvic floor area, um, to be able to sustain better erections, or maybe even have um, better control over their ejaculation as well. So there's just tremendous benefits that I've seen from um, David Barcelli's trauma-releasing exercises that I'm sure he didn't even intend. <laughs> well, now the thing that my question here is, do people even know that they have trauma in their body? Like I, I would say, if you were to ask me, I would say no, but then I do the exercise, but I will feel a release somehow? Yes. I, I hate to put something on people if, they, if they're feeling like they don't have trauma in their body and they feel like then this isn't for them, then I'm like, more power to you. Let's just not, let's not go there then. And at the same time, I, I offer this as an exercise because I do believe and what I've seen, because Dr. Berselli, he goes to all places that have been devastated by natural disaster or he's been to war-torn countries. And he developed this by watching people who were in um, life-threatening situations shake. And so it didn't matter their ideology, their ethnicity, their religious views, their um, sexual preferences, that they had this experience of shaking if they were in imminent danger. And so he thought, that's kind of wild. I'm going to develop these exercises that doesn't have to put people in imminent danger so they can have this release. Oh, and so he developed the exercises. Oh, okay. It's very fascinating. So wow. he developed the exercises. People have the shaking. And what I find is that because we are not an island, that we are so interconnected that he came to Boulder in 2013 after the floods, and the, the floods impacted the community. It impacted the, I would say, um, the fibers of, of the culture there. Um, that it was subtle, but it was people were scared. 
and people lost loved ones and people lost homes. Um, and that resonance is not just individual. It is also collective because we are interconnected. And because of that, when we went through the sessions with Dr. Berselli, it was just not me shaking because I saw the you know, flood waters rising around my house. It was the person across the room from me who felt like, I've resolved all my trauma. I've been doing these exercises for 10 years, and he's shaking. It's because there's a symbiotic relationship that we have with other beings that we help release that. Wow. You know, I mean, I think in this time of coronavirus, yeah. you can really see how we're all interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. Because I need to stay, and even though I have a strong immune system, if I have the virus, I could totally spread it to somebody who I love who might have a compromised immune system because we're all interconnected to so that my sense of is the trauma in your body maybe or maybe not do you want to do the exercises well you can try them and if it works for you great and if it doesn't that's something to consider too but are we all connected absolutely wow and are you going to have a profound experience maybe maybe not but if you do it with david i mean that's a great thing that i've seen i've seen couples do it together Mm -hmm. and when they do it Afterwards, they're able to address conversations that they were got stuck in for, you know, that was their pattern of stuck, stuckness for decades. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, maybe it was talking about the kids or maybe it was talking about finances or whatever logistics in their family. And they would come to it with a fresh perspective because their nervous system had been set. Wow. So that's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Very, work. very, and I, very I love interesting. It. Well, that's really great. We're just going to take a second to remind everyone that we are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion here with sex therapist and educator Tara Galliano. And this coming up is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. We'll be right back. Before we get into that and talking to Tara about her 25-year marriage, her divorce, masturbation, and her new sex life, Yes, stay tuned. (laughs) Don't skip out yet. Uh, We want to invite everyone to join us on the biggest ever event for lifestyle people in the world it's with the swingercruise.com we're going to be on the oasis of the seas which is going to be sailing november 14th 2021 yes 2021 we're not talking about 2020 we got to get over this coronavirus everybody wash your hands practice social distancing it's the most important thing right now because we want to get on this ship with 6,000 other open-minded, adventurous, sexy people for the biggest, sexy, and most erotic Caribbean cruise ever. Yeah, you can just visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to stay informed about all the sexy, open-minded, and fun events happening in your area and around the world. Absolutely. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. As you know, we love to get down and dirty with our guests and ask them about their relationship status and how they enjoy great sex. And Tara's no exception. No exception. (laughs) Get away from this one. All right. Let's all get naked. No, no, no. Just... So, Tara, Tara, now's a really great time to tell us what your story and your journey about your relationship and your marriage of 25 years and what's happened since then. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Boy, you know, coming to terms with this is such a big piece of the work that I've been doing. So as a clinician, I was trained in the psychodynamic perspective that you don't reveal anything of your personal self because you're a blank slate and then your clients can have transference and you can have a counter transference and it's all good, kind of like Freud. Um, And (laughs) now that I'm changing the framework of my business and hosting retreats and working with women, I need to show up a lot more and women want to know a lot more about me than I've ever revealed before. And it's unnerving. (laughs) You're putting yourself out like out in the spotlight there. It is. Yes, that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, so I was married for 25 years and I didn't know what I didn't know. And what I can say is that when doors shut in my relationship with my husband, um, my former husband, that it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I didn't know the depth of the lies and the deception of the other life that he lived. Wow. So that's what I can say about that. I mean, that is really intense. And so we're not 
uh, in communication, nor can we be. Um, and I don't know that we ever will be. And I feel okay with that. And it's such a crazy perspective of one day, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to spend the rest of my life with somebody. We've been together 25 years and since we were, goodness, babies, really. And then I'm this person is no longer in my life. And I feel um, so liberated. I feel so blessed, so thankful that, uh, you know, I've been like the cat landing on my feet again and again and been so blessed with all of the people that I've met, all of the trainings that I've done, all of the support and love that I've received from so many people. Um, and so, yeah, so really thankful for this part of the journey. So, so Tara, when I think, so, you know, Tara, Carol and I are on our second marriage. We've been divorced now about, um, 14, 15 years, and most of our listeners know that Carol's ex-husband is married to my ex-wife, and we both got dumped on the same day. And when that happened on that day, it seemed like the worst day of our life. And looking back on it now, it was the best day of our life. And we were, we were, 40s, early 40s. we were in our early 40s, and we started having this amazing monkey sex. And you know, you're with a person for so many years and you think your sex is good and then all of a sudden you meet someone else and all of a sudden, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And we had this yeah. sexual awakening, sexual new journey that started. And since then, we've never had better sex in, as with us as a couple. I'm not even talking about the swinging world that we live in, just us as a couple. And the new things that we learn all the time is, is amazing. So what have you learned or explored sexually since your, your divorce happened? Well, I mean, I'm so thankful and I absolutely agree. And I find inspiration in your story that you've been, you know, together for so long now after that, what appeared to be at least on the surface, this horrific incident between your former spouses and I, yeah, I, I like hearing stories like that. I find solace in that. I, I know that to be true. Already in this past year, things have changed so much for me in that I've discovered Tantra again. So I was able to study with Charles Muir, uh, Charles and Carolyn Muir in 2000 um, and, and, and actually in 1999. And so I studied Tantra with them and I really was profoundly impacted by them. And then I was, I was married at the time uh, and we practiced a little bit, but not a lot. And then coming back to this work, given all of my experience as a sex therapist and revisiting it, I've had such profound healing and I've had the opportunity to work with different tantric uh, partners, most of them who have been in long-standing committed relationships, which has again, felt me felt, felt for me very safe. I felt very safe with those men because I knew that there was this commitment that they had to another person. I, I felt like this is really just for healing. And so I've had goodness, such, I guess, deep sexual awakening within those practices. And that now I'm on this path of exploring that more because for myself, once I found Tantra, it's like you can't, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's such depth of awareness and consciousness that comes to the, for me, sacred act of sexuality that never existed before. It was more, um, maybe more, I mean, it can still be stress relief. That's all good. Um, but there's such a, a conscious, I guess, connection now with my partner. And I feel like this is so beautiful. So, so you do have a, another, a new partner now. I do. It's very new. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's okay. It's very vulnerable saying that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, Carol and I get what happens after a divorce. You're you're on your own. You have to figure out how to do things on by yourself. But in that gap between your um, leaving your ex-husband to this new partner, did you take time to learn about your body? Did you masturbate? Do you have some sex toys that you like where, you know, it's it's about you. Carol and I, you know, we practice masturbation and self-pleasuring all the time and we get to learn about our bodies so we can tell each other about it. Do you do that as well? You know, I, I feel like that was a critical piece to my self-exploration. 
last year while I was in the process of getting a divorce is really understanding my own body, understanding my own sense of pleasure. And again, coming back to the psychological piece of the erotic template of what it, what it was that I found sexy and what it was that I found attractive. All of those pieces uh, I felt like were really important for me. And also, um, you know, coming back to this trauma piece is that I was in some sense traumatized in my previous relationship and that that gets trapped inside the vagina Mm -hmm. that gets trapped inside the pelvic floor and that you know it's not like something a massage therapist can massage out for you right because most massage therapists don't do that work you know if you've got trauma you've been in a car accident and seen your shoulder no problem but I needed to take responsibility for my own body and explore those areas and get the right toys and get the yoni egg and the crystal wand Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I was understanding what was happening in my body, what was trapped there, where could there be more expansion and more pleasure, where can I receive more abundance? I mean, and and really getting down into, again, the nitty gritty of what works for my body, knowing that this is a piece of the puzzle that I need to understand and that in six months it will change because I will have healed more Mm -hmm. and understood more and need to go back through this process again um, and then creating more of an understanding for this way I can express that to my new lover and Mm -hmm. say, this is what works for me or this is what I like. Uh, I think that's such a gift. So many times I think women don't have that opportunity or have the tools to explore within themselves what it is that that they can derive pleasure from or how they experience pleasure because we're so other focused that we need to focus on sex because we have a partner Mm -hmm. because there's somebody else that needs to receive pleasure well I I just took the gear and was I needed to focus in on myself and understand more about what brings me pleasure and how am I going to um, experience that and, and where are the traumas that inhibit that experience of pleasure mm-hmm. and now that you've done all of that work it's the preliminary work because it is a journey it's never going to actually end but now that you've done a yeah. whole lot of work on yourself and you understand yourself and your body and your needs more what would you say would be a very important part if you were to design your best and most favorable relationship going forward would there be a key element in that that you you, you now know you need to have yes yeah. You know, and I, <laughs> I know that as I'm approaching um, middle age, I'm almost going to be 50 soon. And, um, yeah, things have changed for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not the hormonal teenager that I was that was filled with lust and desire and curiosity as that I so much desire a spiritual connection and more intimacy and that for me, Tantra seems like the perfect vehicle mm-hmm. for that connection and that using the breath and using the sound and not always orgasming and, and just recognizing at least within my own um, goodness, past, you know, as I do the autopsy of my past, I can see the linear progression that I fell into of uh, stimulation, you know, orgasm, ejaculation, and that was always the pathway. The goal, and if it yeah. wasn't always the predominant pathway, it, it infiltrated any thoughts of sex that I had mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And that I want to, you know, I want to transcend that. I want to go beyond that and make love for hours and really have that experience of transcendence because it's not about the linear progression. It's really about surfing and riding the wave of ecstasy and pleasure and I know that through breath and that through sound and through movement, that is so much more possible. And those are just simple tantra practices that anybody can use and, by and themselves. You, and, you know, <laughs> you, you said something, and um, I, I would just want to tell everybody out there that, you know, just because you hit 50 doesn't mean that sex is going to get worse. When Carol and I turned 50, our sex life, took off and two things we did to help it grow and, and we grow every day every week every time we have sex we have better sex number one is slow things down and if you think you're fucking yeah. slowly you think you're having sex slowly well slow it down even more and just take the time <laughs> to enjoy it and be connected with the person that you're having sex with and number two have some good lube with you <laughs> 
Yes. Lube makes yes. everything better. We know as we get older, things aren't as moist and things aren't as soft and cocks like to be more wet and lubricated. So slow things down, use some lube, and sex can be great until any age. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, you hit 50 and things go downhill. We are examples of that our sex life has gotten better. We're swingers. We have more sex now than we've had in our whole lives. Absolutely. I love it. And I absolutely agree. And I and I love that you slow things down because <laughs> yeah. I think that is so critical. I think that it's really about the quality um, of sexual interaction that we're having with ourselves and with other people. Uh, and that quantity can be fun too mm-hmm. and variety, but it, it's really about the quality of it and, and what are we bringing to create that quality and what is it the quali- what is the quality that we need? For me, it's about much more intimacy and it's about consciousness and it's about really showing up for myself and for my lover. Right. Wow. But those quickies are good too, those slam bands. <laughs> Every now and again, those quickies are definitely Do good. me over the counter in the kitchen and let's get on with the day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah certainly. And not wasting that war- morning wood, that's for sure. So we're really enjoying this conversation, Tara, but it's coming to the end of our show. We'd like to end with some final advice. So for, for someone who, let's say, has hit rock bottom and they don't really know how to feel sexy, what do you think she could do tonight start on a journey of healing without shame, of course, so that she can, in fact, enjoy great sex again? I love that question. I I feel like there's so many things that we can do as women. And it really is about starting with the baby steps of starting something simple that you can do in the moment that you don't need to go out and buy a sex toy, that you don't need to go out and buy sexy lingerie. I think that it can be as simple as putting on your favorite song and moving your hips and dancing and feeling sexy. I think there's wow. so much power in embodiment and just moving to the groove of the music and really feeling that in your body. You know, music is such a universal language, and I, we do this in the retreats, and it's great because women get nervous initially and they want to look at the other women and that's exciting um but to really feel into the music and feel how it moves your body is really amazing and i think every i mean in coronavirus time goodness there's so many dance parties that are happening right now online um that it's such a great opportunity to drop in and move your hips there's a lot of power in moving your hips the movement of the hips that are um, you know, familiar to a lot of people in terms of sex and sexuality. And it's such a sensual experience. It's, you know, belly dancing, it's giving birth. There's a lot of power in moving the hips for women. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I really feel that today's day and age where we actually are self-isolating, I would like to invite some of those ladies to actually do that alone in front of a mirror and perhaps even naked or in their bra and panties and really get to know themselves while they're feeling those hips moving and that pleasure that's coming to them from the dance movements. I love it. I absolutely agree. Love that vision. All right, Tara, this show could have gone on for a couple of hours. We're going to reserve the right to invite you back. I want to learn about that erotic template next time we chat. Thanks for sharing all that information. Why don't you take a second and let everybody know how they can find you online, social media, and reach out to you. Great. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be speaking with you, Dave and Carol. I can be reached at bouldersextherapy.com. You can also find me on Facebook where I do Facebook Lives regularly at Boulder Sex Therapy. And I'd love to hear from you. Love to have conversations about sex and sexuality and answer any of your questions. And what about signing up for your course, your retreats? Yeah, they can do that online as well. Facebook is probably the best resource. Sign up for our virtual retreat that's coming up, Rediscovering My Body, which will be April 21st. Wow, that sounds great. So thanks so much for sharing all that great information. We are learning more and more every week with all our fantastic guests, and we hope you do too. You can visit our website thesexylifestyle.com to find out more about our expert guests. You can even contact them if you have any questions about sex, sexuality, or relationships. 
And remember to stay sexy and healthy and follow the suggested protocols issued by your local authorities. Wash your hands, practice social distancing, and just stay home if you can. Please continue to listen to our show and visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Tara Galliano, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. And we just want to take a moment to thank all the healthcare workers and everybody out there who's keeping us safe um, during this uh, time of unprecedented coronavirus. So, um, guys, keep going. And everybody, like Carol said, wash your hands and practice social distancing. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. All right, everyone. Be safe. Take care. And remember, stay sexy. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. <laughs>